Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, I buy positive geared properties. So that obviously puts money into my pocket, not out of it. So it gets me out of a nine to five job, not ties me to one. And of course, I just was doing the buy one house a year for ten years. So I think, I think when it really comes down to it, that's that's the basis of everything. This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors, find out more about their stories, mindset, and strategy. I'm Tyrone Shum, and in this episode on Property Investory. We continue the conversation with Prue Mirrorhead of Mirrorhead Property Management. We'll learn how investing in one house a year for 10 years will set you up for the future and what she looks for in prospective tenants. We start off with finding out what held her back from investing into property in the beginning. At all time, it's finance because if I can get my hands on money at any time, I can buy something that's positive geared that puts money in my pocket um, rather than takes it out so it actually buys me more time. I'm, you know, It gets me out of a job, not into one if that makes sense. So finance has probably been the only thing that's held me back along the way and that's because that income has been so minimal. It depends where I'm at at the time. So it's a really interesting time. So I did, when there was a time where um, Andy and I both were travelling Australia and we um, were lucky enough to um, be offered to run a resort in Brighton, Victoria, beautiful, beautiful, magnificent country town at the bottom of the ski, ski fields of Hoffman Falls Creek. And so we're running this timeshare resort as a as the managers. And as soon as we got the job, I went straight back to our mortgage broker and said, right, I want money out of everything. Um, and, then, and then there was another time where I took a job for a week, like I said in the previous time we spoke, um, I took a job for a week to get a loan over the line um, as well. And, this, and and of course, before that, it was low-dot loan, so I could sign a piece of paper. I don't really like selling anything, so I'd prefer not to sell a property to create cash flow to, you know, money in my pocket to buy something else. I prefer not to do that if I can avoid it. I tend to try and use the equity in each property as a little bank to revisit. Furthermore, I guess now that you've got your own business here, that you can actually use that to leverage and um, apply for more loans as well. Interesting enough, you need about two years of, um, of, of, of income and we've been trading for three. So we're just at that point again to go again, which is just exciting for me. <laughs> Very exciting for me. So it's not quite as easy just getting into a business, unfortunately, because you need two years of taxable, you know, reasonable tax taxable income but it's but it's good but I do always have a line of credit there so there's certain certain amount of things I can do without too much stress. In Mirahead's property investing journey, her one mentor had a positive impact in shaping her mindset. Other than books, um, my dad, 
his lifetime of wideness, I, I call him a Trevism. His name's Trevor. So it's, um, he's been, he's kind of like someone that I bounce things off. And you know, half the time he doesn't know the answer, but what it does give you is confidence in what you're thinking. I think that's probably it. So Dad's always been a positive mentor for me, without question. So the difference was that he made, back then he used to, he used to save up X amount of dollars and he used to save up the cash because he was he was doing well in life, which is great, which I'm the opposite. I wasn't. I had to do it a different way. He used to save up a third of the value of the home because he believed a third of the value of rent would cover a payment. So he used to save up a third and then buy a block of units and buy another third. He never used to go and revisit properties, capital growth to get equity out. He just did it, um, yeah, third of the value of the home. He'd just save it. So we certainly had uh, we had similar end goals, but at the beginning it was very different. She believes that this difference in housing prices has had an effect on the way people save and draw equity when it comes to investing into property. And in fact, even in the 10 or 11 years I've been investing, things have changed as well, like land tax changed throughout my investment journey too. So I had to change the way I, I did things myself. So it's been interesting and now if they, you know, if the lenders change, because I know there's a lot of talk about different variations going to happen with lending now, as soon as that happens, I'll just have to change my tact. Um, so I just, you just have to be on the edge of it, I think. You have to sort of be aware of what's going on around you. Um, and so I certainly have to go in different directions depending on what is going on at any one time with the government or with our finances. Little Adelaide, like we, we haven't got the big... We haven't got the million-dollar pro- – I mean, sure, we have, but they're not investment properties. But you can buy a house in Adelaide for you know, for under $300,000 and get $300 a week rent for it. And that will be 15, 20 minutes outside of Adelaide CBD. Sadly, Adelaide's like the hare and the tortoise. We're like the, the tortoise. We go, we go slow and steady, you know, but we're always there. We've always got tenants, and, and the returns are about 5 or 6% here. And it just um, So it's really tough when, it's, when the – federal government bring in all these things because, of course, other states in Australia have just been booming ahead um, and we're stuck in our median house price, I think, 450 or 480 or something in South Australia. I think the time will come because obviously history has shown that it has gone up so much as well. I mean, you, you, as you've mentioned, your house doubled over a period of time, so it, it's a matter of time, I think it is. You're right, and that house now would be worth about 900000 that we bought for 147. But um, we did put a new house on it, so we have sort of not one down and build a new one. Some of the best advice she has ever received has been drawn from books such as Kiyosaki's Cashflow Quadrant. There was a pivotal moment where I read a book and I don't remember what the book was called. Everyone asked me, but it was where you buy one house a year for 10 years. You sit until you're ready to retire. So say that's year 50, you know, 11 to 20. And then you sell off a portion of your property to pay off the debt of the others and live off the rent of the remaining five, six, four, however many it would be. And when I read that, I went, one house a year for 10 years, I reckon I could do that. And that's really how the whole thing was. So um, that, was a, that was a light bulb moment, that one, as well as reading um, um, Robert Kiyosaki's Cash Flow Quadrant. That was the one a friend of mine happened to be given for their birthday. They left at the bottom of their bag. It got completely wet. And, and they said to me, well, you might be interested to read this and handed it to me. Oh, that's very nice of her. <laughs> They didn't realize how much that was going to make a difference because I certainly read that one before I read the one, One House a Year for 10 Years. And uh, because that's quite simple to do. 
one house a year for 10 years. I know that sounds hard, um, but like some of the houses we own are $100,000. That's all it costs us. So it's it's not like you have to buy something um, that's huge. And the other really interesting thing is that because we're not buying the top-end properties, we're sort of sticking in the... Um, in the lower end, when the market when the market's rents drop, it's the top end that drops. We're kind of waiting at the bottom, sitting at the bottom. It doesn't really affect us. Delving more into the nuts and bolts of a strategy, Mirrorhead treats each property like a bank. I've just used each property as a bank, so I just don't sell them to not pay capital gains tax. Um, I buy positive geared properties. So that obviously puts money into my pocket, not out of it. So it gets me out of a nine-to-five job, not ties me to one. Um, and of course, I just was doing the buy one house a year for ten years. So I think, I think when it really comes down to it, that's that's the basis of everything. I'm just trying to chase something that's that's neutral to positive geared because even if it's neutral today, it'll be positive geared tomorrow because your payments are still going to continue to be the same. Your rents are going to go up over time and generally speaking, the actual value of the property will go up as well. When considering which properties to add to her portfolio, Mirahead has certain things that she looks for. Obviously, I'm looking for positive gifts. I'm looking for some fairly... I want to buy something that's under median house price for the area. That makes sense because there's, you know, there's an opportunity for you to add value. Unlike with shares where you can't... You're basically buying a share for the price it is today and you can't add value to that. Um, so um, I usually buy a house for two reasons. So it'll be that the property needs a bit of a renovation. It's well in the market. It's it could be a student accommodation, or it could be I could subdivide the block, or I could. It needs. To, I need to buy it for two reasons. So even though I'm going to hold on to it, I know that if one reason doesn't work out for me, the other one's fine. Um, and um, I once read. Uh, a little bit. I think it was Margaret Lomez mentioned, and she's so right. If you go to the country, we don't have many in the country, and they are certainly the ones that are underperforming compared to the city properties we have. Um, but the um, country ones is, you know, if you go to a country town, you really want to make sure that there's at least twenty five thousand people living in that town, and at least two reasons for that town to survive. Um, and that that makes absolute sense too. It's just logic. Sometimes you just need to be hit with the logic to go, yeah, yeah, fair enough, <laughs> you know. Um, and so I think that's pretty much what I do. And, and seriously, my it is a boring strategy by by renovate and hold. I do tend to renovate at least curtain and carpet for most properties. Usually get more more money. Every property we have, we allow pets because I know we'll get an extra ten to twenty dollars a week rent. Seventy percent of the market, the rental market, have pets, so it's free money for us. Um, so, you know, some owners will not let pets, but no way, not us. Um, I think there's a pile of little things that I can't even put my finger on that I just naturally do. But buying under the median house price is absolute forte because you don't want to pay too much. You don't want to overcapitalize in an area. You want to have the opportunity to add value. So that would be number one anyway. Coming up after the break, we'll hear about Mirahead's ideal tenant. Usually, tenant-wise, I guess we want to make sure that they are earning three times the income, household income as the rent. She'll share some personal habits that have contributed to her success. I never sort of say to myself, can I do this? It's how can I do this? How she managed to leapfrog and buy more properties in a short period of time. 
yeah, just sort of came came up to you know, as in bought five more properties since we've been back, and and we're just trying to find our feet. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum, and you're listening to Property Investory. Western Australia is tipped to be the next property hotspot. If you're looking to invest and build in WA, take advantage of the affordable land market and record build times with Plunkett Homes. Visit propertyinvestory.com forward slash build to find out why they are WA's most established home builder. With over 150 years of experience, Plunkett Homes helps you develop turnkey homes across WA. To get your fixed price demolition or site works and to maximize profits and minimize time, Visit propertyinvestory.com forward slash build. And now back to the show. When looking for the right tenants for her investment properties, they have to get approval from her husband. Usually, tenant-wise, I guess we want to make sure that they are earning three times the income, household income as the rent. So if the rent was $100, we want to know that the couple are earning $300 a week to live. Or if it's $800 a week for rent, we want to know they're earning you know, 2400 a year a week, sorry, which is just over 100000 a year combined income so they can afford it. That's probably number one. Um, we're probably like most other property managers other than that is that we've got to make sure that they've preferably got a history. Um, in South Australia, we can't ask anybody to pay more than two weeks rent in advance. So... But there are certainly times where people offer more than two if they've got some sort of a, a problem with their rental arrears or something. Um, but yeah, I um, hold the hand of our, because of course I love property big time. I used to mentor, but I, I, found, that, I found that a little bit frustrating. People didn't jump um, because it's more of a mindset than an ability. And um, so as much as I can help them, you know, I was able to help them find properties or give them ideas and strategies, it really was up to them to do it. Um, and so in the in our property management business, I hold the hands of all the people that we manage. So that's nice. So when they're trying to build their portfolio, they always lean on me and I'm always like, yes, yes, always do it. But as far as, um, yeah. Um, but um, And of course, the tenants must meet my husband when it comes down to it looking for tenants because he's an ex-policeman, so he was in the police force when he was younger as well. So That's very handy a- to have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't deal with the tenants. I'm a little bit too nice. I too deal with the owners and you know and their property and how to get the better returns, e.g. allow pets. <laughs> Please allow pets is the biggest is the biggest um, thing here. And of course, you know, if they can put up a stud wall and make a fourth bedroom and those sorts of ways, they'll you know they make 100% returns in the money. It's, you know, it's just a no-brainer. There's some other stuff that that I love doing, which I do for myself. So I just pass on whatever wisdom I have to them, and they go, "Oh, really?" Um, so that's always nice. Committed and proactive thinking has led Mirahead to succeed with her investment properties. I'm not a sheep. I tend to say, um, I never sort of say to myself, can I do this? It's how can I do this? So I'm sort of already committing to the process. I just have to work out how to get to the end goal. Whereas a lot of people talk themselves out of something because it's too risky or it's it's not like everyone else is doing and they listen to families and friends. I stopped listening to family and friends a while ago because um, it's, not a, it's not good to listen to someone that hasn't walked the walk, you know, as you would be aware. But I do tend to think outside the box. Um, so that's a, a really good example of that is 
um, the one in the Adelaide CBD with the right-of-way. Um, another good example of that is rather than having the hassle of student accommodation, I just split this house into two. And I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't know how the power was going to work. I didn't know how the water was going to work. I didn't know if I was even going to be able to do it, but I knew I was going to do it. And I do wonder whether those really bad times have led us to where we are today. And it really is a lovely life. So what is her life like now after accumulating the properties in her portfolio? It was so cool. Well, obviously, um, sold the business in 2000, sold the DJ business for Equipment Valley about 2008, bought this house in 2009 that I split, that we split into two that, to make a positive gear. So that's positive gear by about a couple hundred dollars a week. So that's 10000 a year we didn't have. Um, and then um, we... I remember I wanted to give my kids a country life because I was born in Pinaroo. My older brothers had the opportunity to live a bit of country life because they're older and I didn't get it. So I remember thinking I'd love to give my kids some country life. So we were hoping to perhaps um, be able to run one of these resorts around Australia um, and, and put the kids into a country school and do the whole thing. And I remember saying, and if we don't get offered anything by December 2009, let's buy a caravan because I knew we were on a time frame because the kids are getting older, let's buy a caravan and travel Australia. We'll give them country life that way. And that's what we did. We weren't offered anything by December 2009, so January 2010, bought a caravan and off we went, rented our house out. I think we're getting 500 a week for that. So that pretty much paid for our fuel. Um, and we just stopped on the side of roads. We always ate in the caravan. So the food bill was pretty much the same as what it would be if we're home. Um and we just, we certainly didn't stay in caravan parks because, you know, 18 months, two years on the road does not allow you to, to pay for that sort of cost. And a lot of the a lot of the places we went were wineries. So we'd go to a winery, buy a bottle of wine, take our own cheese and bickies and sit out in the grass and the kids would play. It's just, it was simple. It was really simple. Um, so that was amazing. From there, she managed to leapfrog and buy more properties from the equity she created as well. However, she has her reasons for not investing in other states of Australia. Yeah, it just sort of came came up to you know, as in bought five more properties since we've been back, and and we're just trying to find our feet. I never intended to be a property manager, but um, it's it's actually perfect because I don't I can see how people are building their portfolio. You know, we've got two or three of our owners knocking down a house and building four townhouses and we've got others that are renovating it to make it better and I go, it's just really exciting because I love watching other people make money too. Um, and, it, and it really is a great form because unlike my parents that had the cash, so they've obviously sold up all their properties and put it into shares, when you're trying to build a portfolio, when you're trying to build wealth, to do it in shares is tough because you almost need the cash. So... Um, and whereas you can borrow 80% of the property, in fact, in my case, it's 110% because I'm using the 30%, which is 20% deposit and the 10% in cost, say, you know, um, stamp duty, et cetera, is coming out of equity. So each property has to be returning its, um, returning the loan of 110% before it becomes positive for me. And it's ironic because our capital growth has actually been quite slow in the last five years but we're manufacturing growth by doing things. So whether it be renovating, whether it be splitting housing two, whether it be block of units into four um, titles, um, that's really where the money's kicked in. The the capital growth has really happened well in our own home, but we've had that for 17, 18 years. 
it's all the others have been a lot slower. Um, and we've made more money since the GFC than we did before. So a lot of people say, oh, it's not the right time, but it's really interesting. I do, it is good to work against the sheep, you know, do things that other people aren't. So right now, if things were a bit quiet out there and you go, oh, no, it's a bad time to buy, that's to me is actually the right time to buy because you'll get really good bargains. In Adelaide, we are a completely different market. And some people just don't. And, you know, land tax is a state tax. So it's a great idea to, you know, spread your risk. Um, so, you know, and you start from zero again for land tax. It's, yeah, so that was a big... That's why I don't own all in South Australia is because of land tax. We've got um, a chunk of properties in Victoria and obviously a, a bulk of them in South Australia. And they're in different names and titles and things as well. So that, that helps with land tax and things as you know, it certainly keeps ads to a minimum. We don't actually pay a great deal of land tax. You'd be quite surprised. So um, quite happy there. Thankfully, the land tax rules all changed about 2008 where you couldn't have a minority. So at that stage, we were buying things in 99% our trust, a family trust, and 1% Andy or 1% Peru or 1% our business or 1% the combined of us. So we were able to sort of spread it around and then suddenly the... You know, Australian government decided no, that's not a, that's not going to ha- be how it is. We're going to anyone with a minority suddenly gets added to the majority. So it's the same. So it ended up being that the entities were exactly the same. So thankfully, it was at the time where we were building our portfolio. So I suddenly changed my strategy again. If you would like to learn more from her or get in contact about managing your property portfolio, then. Probably the easiest way is to just um, muirheadpropertymanagement.com.au, our, our website. My my email, my phone number's on there and my life are all on those pages because obviously I, I do um, write, uh, I'm interviewed a bit with Your Investment Property and Australian Property Investor magazines and um, and it's ironic I've been on today, tonight a couple of times in Adelaide so they're all on there too so um, if people want to see my life in full, it's pretty much all over the pages on Muir Property Management. Um, as well as all my contact details. Thank you to Prue Muirhead, our guest on this episode of Property Investry. If you want to learn more about her journey, then visit our website at propertyinvestry.com. Simply type in the search bar Prue Muirhead and select that episode to learn more about her story. Also, if you haven't subscribed to receive your free property case studies that I only send out exclusively via email, then you can text me your email address to 0499881040 to subscribe. These real case studies are from experienced property investors where they share specific numbers of their portfolio, their strategies and much more. Simply text me your email address to 0499881040 to get your free case studies. Thanks for listening.